Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Clint Mansell, uh, film composer, musician of sorts. Um, you may have seen films I've scored that are like Black Swan, The Fountain, Moon, that type of thing. The Moon soundtrack is one of my absolute favorite albums let alone you know film scores it's incredible and um uh, i've talked to duncan a bunch of times mm -hmm. and uh, i know he's a huge fan too he's a huge marvel fan yeah, yeah um so that the music that you made for that movie is just one of those things i can put on and i get into my zone when i right. need to get into it's wonderful stuff you know moon was uh when i first got the script for that it, it, it was just everything i love you know things that we've sort of mentioned either that isolation, confusion of identity, the loneliness. I mean, it was just me to a T. You know, when I when I read it, I just thought, oh, why can't all scripts be like this? You know, and then um, I didn't. I had met Duncan briefly before that, but I, I didn't even know he was a film director. You know, I I, I just got this call out of the blue, um, probably about three years after I'd met him. You know, so it was it wasn't even on my radar or mm -hmm. anything. You know, and then when I saw I saw the early stuff of the film, it, you know. It, it's a, I mean, movie making is just incredible. What they did with that movie, I mean, because like when I first saw it, you know, the the models of the rover on the moon and that, it was, yeah. all, it was all it was all still in camera, you know. But they they do these things like they have a, a, an equation basically where you I don't know you put the size of the model times it by some number to get the speed at which it needs to move to create the idea of weight. You know, so that it goes from being a model moving like that to suddenly it's something that moves yeah. like a real thing. You know, it's, it's just incredible. Blew my mind. And that's something you would never even think of, and that's the beauty because you never, the audience should never have to no. think about that stuff. No, and it, but it, it's amazing to see the way the process comes together. You know, I'm sure it's the same for you guys with comic books and with the movies too. You know, just seeing how these layers added, all these different people's work coming together, and to have, I mean, I, I was. I've actually just seen a, a rough cut of Noah, Darren Aronofsky's new film that we're working on right now. And I, I was watching it, and I just thought to myself, you know what, there's no way on earth I could be a film director. <laughs> Having all these ideas and trying to constantly bring them into one place, you know, it, it's an incredible amount of work. But I mean, it's not like you don't have uh, a large toolbox for yourself that you... I would find daunting. Like, I look at, you know, okay, you have all these different instruments and sounds and concepts and... And my wife, she's in. Uh, she's got a music background, so mm -hmm. I, I've gleaned some music stuff, even though I'm totally music illiterate otherwise. But you know, when I talk to someone who's a musician, I'm like, that's a wide array of things to yeah. go through. I could never imagine doing that. Well, it's funny because I used to, uh, I used to live in New Orleans and work with Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, you know, and we would talk about this sort of thing, you know. It's almost like you got too much stuff, you know. <laughs> Too I don't even know where to start. You know, so I use this synth or those ten over there. You know, when I did um, when I did Pi, which was my first film, I was living in New York at the time, and I had an Atari computer running a program <laughs> called Creator, and a Kai S one thousand sampler, and um, a Nord lead keyboard, and a, a Roland MC three hundred three Groove Box that had just come out at the time. That actually Trent bought me for my birthday, so. I've got him to thank for a lot of stuff. But the building I was living in got struck by lightning and it blew out my Nord lead and blew out my sampler. Now, I could get the sampler repaired, but I couldn't repair the Nord lead. So I'm now down to the groove box and my sampler. That's all I had to write 
the entire school up and yeah. buy with, I had no money in those days so I couldn't go and buy something new but only having those pieces of equipment to use really okay I've got to get as much as I can out of these two mm-hmm. things you know and okay a sampler is a good thing to have because you can do a lot of stuff with that but yeah I mean having no choices really makes you work with what you've got you know and it, it can sometimes be very liberating to have nothing you know yeah definitely uh so for the fans who are comic book hardcore fans and we you know that that's our audience um it's it's cool because you're you're a legit comic book fan you've come in here and you're like oh yeah talking about silver surfer and vision and tell the fans a little bit about your um how you got into comics well um yeah well i'm a a child of the 70s really i was born in 63 so you know i'm getting up there in the years but when i was about six um, a family moved in a few doors away from us, and this would be about like 1970, something like that, you know, so it's well back in the day. But this family moved in, and they'd moved from Canada, and they bought these comic books with them, and I'd never seen this before. We only had black and white comics mostly, and they, they would either be sort of funny stuff like Beano and the Dandy, or then um, the, 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 the stuff at the time was was things like Warrior, I think, and they were, they were very much almost war comics. You know, all the stories were based in the army and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, because I guess it was still hangover from the Second World War, that type of thing, you know. So I'd never seen a superhero comic book, and when these guys moved in a couple of doors away, they, they had all this stuff, and they showed me these comic books in colour, superheroes. I'm going like, I have no idea what it is, you know. It just yeah. blew my mind. And then, you know... You'd find the occasional comic book in a, in a news agent or a newsstand, you know, but it'd be a random issue. It wouldn't be like you could go and get, oh, the complete story of, you know, this Iron Man episode or something. It'd just be one, you know, a, mis- a Journey into Mystery episode or uh, occasionally you might find something like Avengers and that. But it tended to be smaller titles that would end up in England, I suppose. But it, it just opened that whole universe to me, you know, and then England started reprinting these mm-hmm. Spider-Man had his own series the Avengers had their own series Fantastic Four and the Hulk and they would also have like a secondary story in there like they put Doctor Strange in with the Avengers so you'd have you'd have to actually have but they were, <clears throat> each issue was only half of an American comic book it, it wouldn't be the full issue yeah. it'd be half of it you know so but they came out weekly so you, you know you, you caught up pretty quick and Spider-Man and the Avengers were my the two that really got me into comics and um Spider-Man was a, a big, big favourite, but um, I loved I loved the Vision. You know, when the Vision arri- when the Vision arrived in uh, in uh, in the Avengers, I also liked uh, Hank and Janet. You know, I really liked that that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the Vision came and got her, it, you know, it, it ties back into Ultron and Wonder Man and all this stuff. It was just it was just brilliant, you know, yeah. and and you know I was a very impressionable age, I suppose. But these were, <laughs> these were, you know, and a comic books, but they were so well written, you know. It, the stories were were brilliant and just fed my imagination. And and you know, it's no, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it changed the course of my life, really. Of, of you know what I was excited by, you know, and it, even then I think it worked really well with music because I was a huge Bowie fan when I was I saw Bowie on top of the pops when I was like eight. And I, I want to be that guy, you know, <laughs> crazy spiky orange hair and androgynous, and I, you know, the Ziggy Stardust album must have come round about the same time as I got into comic books, you know, and they were just two, two world-changing events for me. Yeah, know? 
the power of music and comics in in my life and in so many others is just it's in, it's incalculable like yeah. how important you know the early shows that I went to and then I got involved in like booking shows and taking photographs and yeah. building my first website and then getting into journalism you know how yeah. that got me to where I am today yeah. and listening to other people's stories is fascinating and the other thing that I find interesting when you talk about how you got into comics is like me a time before the internet you know you, yeah. Folks now, yeah. you know, they can they may see a movie that we put out, and then they can go online and learn so much so quickly. Yeah. Whereas it was like we go, we find a comic, and who is this character? I need to find more about. And it was a there was a search to it yeah. that it was tangible. I mean, you know, I, I love the internet. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, but but, um, but there was something very exciting and special about that. But both with comic books and records, you know, you'd you'd, you'd read something like. You know, when I got into punk in the seventies, you know, they'd talk about say Iggy and the Stooges, and I didn't know who that was. And you, you'd have to go and find a record yeah. store, and look, and you'd see the album, say, "Oh my God, what?" And and you couldn't have heard; it. you had to buy it to yep. listen to it. You know, and you had to commit to it. You know, and comics are the same. You know, that that I'd read like the letters. I'd read everything in, in in a comic book. You know, the letters, and they'd be talking about a previous issue and talking about a different. I'd go, "Who's that?" Who's that? There'd be a picture of maybe one of these characters. You go, who is that? I need to know where that's from. You know, and then maybe you'd, you'd actually find the comic that that picture was from, that that artwork was from. Brilliant, you know. But it it was it took a lot of commitment to 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 find that out. And yeah. I was just talking about this actually a couple of days ago with with a friend because because those things led you to the people who were your friends, you know, because they were into the same yep. stuff, you know, and you were like. It was cool because other people didn't know about this stuff, you know. The bonds that form yeah. over this, these mutual interests and then how that affects you. It's its wonderful and crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, when I was in my band, uh, Pop Will Eat Self, our guitars were all covered in comic book artwork, you know. And uh, a lot of my lyrics were sort of gleaned from, from comic book pages, you know. And... It was just a huge part of my life, and still is. You know? Yeah, you even mentioned um, before the podcast that you have some cool Silver Surfer stuff in your house. Yeah, yeah, I've got a, a huge uh, the wall at the bottom of my stairs. Um, there's a company in England that that made this wallpaper for me. That's just a, 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 a it's probably a Basima print, I think, but it's, it's it's sort of classic surfer, and he's just sort of looking over his shoulder and. and and it, it takes up the whole wall, it's huge, but in that one image is everything about the surfer, you know, you can just see the the isolation and the loneliness in yeah. him, you know, and it's, I love it, you know, it really speaks to me. What, so we, we talked about comics, the processes and stuff, and the other editorial offices, what's the process for you working with Darren on, on these films and making these Well, it, it, with, with Darren, actually, it's, 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 it's more of a unique uh, way of working than I have with other film directors because I've known him and worked with him for so long so I actually read the script to Noah probably eight years ago <laughs> they've been working on it wow. for some time and it's really developed you know so um, over that time I tend to just you know make little sketches of ideas I always write from the script with Darren's stuff so that um, when he gets the movie first roughly assembled we have some musical ideas mm -hmm. to put in there so he doesn't have to sort of use any of my previous work or somebody else's work just to yeah. sort of get it going you know and uh, by and large a lot of that early stuff tends to go by the wayside right. because you know the, once you start seeing the film the film tells you what it needs and what it doesn't need you know I mean the, it's great to go in with an arsenal of ideas but not all of them are really going to make it uh, where can fans find you online um, well I'm 
at I am Clint Mansell. Uh, so to give some context, you were you had done a couple tweets about uh, fans videotaping and, and photographing your shows and how you yeah. felt about that. But it was interesting because you retweeted a lot of folks who yeah. were on both sides. Yeah, of- I mean, you know, I have a, a view on it, you know, but you know, that's my view. I mean, everybody has their own opinion. I mean. Um, and I, I just wanted to see what other people... Because it started, somebody asked me, uh, what, what are the photo options like at your show? And I said, well, I would prefer no photos. And, you know, I think the idea of... I wanted people to be in the moment, sure. you know. Uh, don't get me wrong, I've used... Not at gigs I haven't filmed stuff. But, you know, I use my phone. I, we all do, you know. But the idea for me, for the music, when, when we perform live is, you know... I want you to be in the moment with me, and you know? I want you to be there. I want I want it to uh, I want you to experience it, mm-hmm. you know. And it's funny uh, when I first met Darren, he showed me a short film which is called Supermarket Sweep that was about a guy that could only um, experience things on TV. Mm-hmm. He had he had no experience in the real world, shall we say. So this other character then takes him out into the world and shows him other things that can happen through glass, if you like. And he runs a guy over and stuff like this, and he makes this guy experience things, if you like. And I feel a little bit like that about the about the music. I want people to be there with me. And like, if you if you're filming it on a phone, I, I don't think you're really taking taking the moment, you know. Sure. And obviously, you know, people have different ideas. People want to capture it for posterity or show their friends or whatever, you know. I mean, it's just a, it was a very interesting debate. I mean, uh, uh, from both sides of the fence. So um, we we played a show, some shows in Largo in LA last year, and they had a strict no phone policy, no cell phones. In, in the venue, you know. And, you know, I just think it makes it really special. If you were there, you were there, you mm-hmm. know, and you were in, you, you, you experienced this. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I, there's something I like about an exclusivity, I suppose, you know. Um, and I, I just want, want people to enjoy it. Cool. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Uh, Facebook, anything else? Website? Oh, yeah, uh, you find me on Facebook. Um, and I've got a website, uh, com. And um, I've got a Vimeo channel as well that, that shows the videos that we perform to live. And uh, yeah, you can you can find me out there. Rock and roll. This was a pleasure. I'm, Mark, thank you for coming. A real pleasure for me. Thank you for having me. It's been brilliant. Cool. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>